So, MAGA, make America great again, right? Well, when was America great again? Oh, first time I was <laughs> I heard a great parody on that, make acid great again. That was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But make America great again. So that assumes America was great at one time. When was that time? Was that... The you know the during the genocide of the Native Americans was that great period during the um, four hundred years of slavery was that when we were great um, you know was it during the uh, extended period of the, of the Vietnam War which we know was now like you know a false flag war was that when we were great? Is it when the CIA was overthrowing all the governments of Central and South America? Is that when we were great? Um, Iran-Contra scandal? Iraq war? Like, like, when were we great? So it turns out, and if you wanted to look at it just economically, well, when were we great? When did the average American have it really, really good? 1950s and 60s. Why? Because of the 1940s. Well, what was going on in the 1940s that provided that? An awesome tax rate. So for rich people, if you made over $200,000, the tax rate was 90%, and it went up to 92 so that that paid for infrastructure, uh, you know, all kinds of social programs. Unbelievable. So that tax rate <laughs> now is like, I, I think it's in like the 30s. I know our corporate tax rate now is like 29%. And in that period, I believe it was up near... Uh, 50 or 60, I'm not sure, but, um, so, basically, you know, we put the foxes in charge of the, of the hen house, is what, is what's up, you know, the Federal Reserve, you know, is printing money, putting us in debt, and then making profit off of it, it's, it's an obscene, obscene, situation um, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon but um, you know 
I keep hearing the economy, the economy. Well, you know, unemployment's down. Yeah, unemployment's down. Everybody's working three jobs. Yep. People, and, and these numbers about the number of people that have health care or don't, they say like, I don't know, under, what is it, 35 million people don't have health care. Everybody I know has health care. They just can't afford to use it because I have a $6,500 deductible. So basically, until you reach that threshold, you pay. <laughs> so it's freaking ridiculous. Once again, only industrialized country in the world without universal health care. So how is that great? That's not great. Oh, before the 70s, in this country, in the United States, it was illegal for a healthcare company to profit. Then they switched to the HMO thing. You know, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, thanks for listening. This has been Dave. Thanks for tuning in. Click that star if you dig what I'm doing, and uh, feel free to chime in by leaving a uh, leaving a message. Let's talk about "Make America Great Again" and what that means at its core. Make America Great Again. So that assumes, first of all, that America was great at one time. Okay, well, when was that time? Let's put America, American history under the microscope. Well, the most prosperous time in our history has been the 1950s and 60s. And what led to that? The 1940s. Having a tax rate, people that made over over $200,000 a year paid 90, af, after you made 200 grand, right? $201,000, you're taxed 90%. It went up to 92. So that's what led to the most prosperous time in American history. So if you want to talk about making America great again, let's talk about taxing America again. Taxing wealthy America again. You know, um, the elite need to pay their share. Our infrastructure is crumbling. Amazon made... What, 11 billion in profit last year and paid zero in taxes. ExxonMobil, two years ago, in what, 2017, recorded the highest profit ever recorded by a corporation in the history of mankind, and they paid zero in taxes and actually got a tax rebate. That's disgusting. That is a rigged system. That is a broken system. 
So, you know, Bernie Sanders is absolutely right. We need to rein in these corporate interests. And uh, he's the only one really talking about Elizabeth Warren's kind of repeating what he's saying. But now she's backpedaling on Medicare for All. Medicare for All is where it starts. 50% of all bankruptcies filed in the U.S. are from medical bills. And we're the only industrialized country that doesn't have universal health care. Like, what the hell is that? How is that? You know, it's this crazy argument of like, I want to keep my doctor. It's not about that. You'll be able to keep your doctor. We're just talking about removing the middleman, the insurance company, from the equation. And the the middleman is sucking out tons of profit. So, as soon as you get rid of the insurance companies and you make it a direct program, you're saving immensely. The cost goes down unbelievably. So, it's all about the argument that the establishment puts out to keep the status quo. Right? Why? Because the status quo is making them a fuck ton of money. So, of course the pharmaceutical company doesn't want to change what's going on. Are you kidding me? (laughs) They got rich over the opioid epidemic. Right? But how did that work out for the rest of the country? Bunch of junkies everywhere. You know... Doctors prescribing opium for a fucking headache. Unbelievable. You know, fentanyl. Oh, it's just, it goes deep. It goes really deep. That we're going to see the repercussions for that for 10 years. And is the, are, are the corporations that caused that, that profited from that, are they going to help pay the social, for the social ramifications? No, they're not. No, they're not. They don't help cover the emergency room costs for overdoses that, you know, for people that didn't have health care. They don't help cover the cost of homelessness. No, they don't. They extract their profit and then they run away. And I don't know about you, but I think healthcare for profit is evil. I mean, if if anything is a sin, that is. It ought to pre- it ought to be provided at a break-even cost. And but but art, you know, it's crazy. We are stuck on stupid. The rest of the world is operating in a different way. But somehow, we let these drug companies and these HMOs tell us, no, 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 no. We got a better way than the rest of the world. Yeah, it's going to cost you way more than they're paying. And yeah, you know, more people are going to die. But no, 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 it's way better. It's it's unfucking believable 
Our, our country's in shambles. Our healthcare system's in shambles. You know, the average American cannot afford a $400 emergency right now. That ought to be a wake-up call for everybody. That is unbelievable. You know, there's more billionaires than have ever existed in the history of the world. More millionaires. Got the greatest income inequality since the Gilded Age of the 1920s, which was right before the crash of the 1930s. The Great Depression, right? Every city in California has tent cities. There's not just homeless people. Now there's tent cities. It's unfreaking believable. Diseases from the from the Middle Ages are coming back in Los Angeles. Cholera, typhus. I even heard of a case of leprosy. Like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Oh my god. Because these people are just living asshole to elbow with, you know, no infrastructure, so horrible sanitary conditions. Unbelievable. In the richest country, in the richest state, in the richest country, right? So California, if it was a nation in and of itself, would be the fifth richest country in the world. California has a bigger economy than Russia, right? So what kind of bureaucracy we have going on that's taking that much money and siphoning it out of what we need it to be doing? I mean, this is crazy, you know? Talk about a need for total upheaval and change. Something like half of our politicians, congresspeople, senators are millionaires. So they all have to go. Like, we need people in there that are working people and that are, instead of bending over backwards to pass favorable legislation for corporations, oh, imagine that. They might actually stand up for what the working person needs. Imagine that. Wow, what a concept, right? But it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen overnight. It's not gonna come easy. And it's not gonna come without a fight. But people need to be ready to call out their Congress people, call out their senators, call out their city council people, and hold them accountable when they stand with corporations over people. It's that simple. If you call them out in numbers, 
the actions will change. It's been proven. So, I'm on a little bit of a rant right now, but it feels good. You know, nothing's going to change. No change that has been substantial has come easy. You know, civil rights, people were, were dying in the streets for that struggle. So, just need to look at the historical context, what we're up against now. Basically, the right has done anything and everything they can since the 60s to quell public popular uprising. And they've been very successful. And the left has kind of rolled over and gone away. You know, they, they tuned in, dropped in, and dropped out. And then, what? <laughs> so, the right has been writing the rules for way too long. Basically, since the 60s. So, thank God for groups like, um, you know, Extinction Rebellion that are taking positive action, um, direct action, actually, like crazy gluing themselves to the doors of banks and shit like that. You know, stuff that, stuff that actually affects business. It stops that bank from making any money that day. Until they get these <laughs> crazy bastards unglued from the door. And bastardettes. But, um, so things like that where nobody gets hurt, but you bring the machine to a stop. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Anyway, with that, I will end it. But, um, Viva la Revolución. Peaceful rebellion this has been Dave with and another thing with Dave coming at you with a rant about what's up and what we need to be doing so you can't listen to the rhetoric because the the rhetoric is drain the swamp as I fill the swamp you know, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. The rhetoric is 180 degrees from what the actual action is, right? So you can't pay attention to the rhetoric. So you have to pay attention to the actions. And when we pay attention to the actions, <clears throat> we see that when was America great? Well, it the, we're, we're referring to the to the economy, and we're referring to the roaring economy, you know, the good old days, the creation of the middle class, the 1950s and the 1960s. So, you can't get away from that. What led to that is taxation. Corporations and the rich were finally paying their share. After 
the Great Depression of the 1930s. And what led to the Great Depression of the 1930s? Oh, the deregulation of the 1920s. So, you've, you've got the cycle right there, repeating over Pete, 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 and repeat, right? There it is, right the fuck in front of us. Every time we deregulate, we get fucking screwed, right? Bill Clinton repealed Glass-Steagall. Ooh, that bit us in the ass and, and basically laid the groundwork for the housing collapse of 2008. Thank you. Thank you, Bill Clinton. Thank you also for NAFTA. Thank you very much. You piece of shit. Hillary, go away. Shillery. Hillary, Shillery, Killery. She's got so many horrible nicknames. And she deserves them all. Unbelievable. Anyway, I digress. But when we were great is when we taxed people. We created a middle class. Your average working American, blue-collar worker, could have an unskilled job. You know, my uh, my bro- my half brother's father was a checker at a grocery store. He bought a home, bought a brand new car. He raised a family as a grocery checker. Most people in the grocery store now are living paycheck to paycheck in some shitty rental. I'm not saying it's shitty, but I guarantee you 90% of them do not own the place they live. So, you got to break down the rhetoric, you know. Yeah, let's make America great again. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it with a Green New Deal. We're going to do it by taxing the shit out of the rich, taxing every trade that happens on Wall Street, taxing derivatives, possibly eliminating derivatives, breaking up the too-big-to-fail banks. I'm sorry, if you're too big to fail, you're too big to exist, so fuck you. I mean, what are we doing? Just setting ourselves up for another collapse if we allow these gargantuan banks to exist. So break those up. And then go after the monopolies in social media. You know, Google, Facebook, among others. But... It's, it's time we took back our, our democracy. It's time we took back our government and made it a democracy. Because it has not been a democracy for a long time. It's, you know, a representative government republic. It's far from a, a democracy. Far, far. And who are our representatives? Well, 50% of them are fucking millionaires. So I don't know about you, but they're not representing me. So all that 
has to change. Hello, Tony. So, Tony, you just want to make sure your phone's not right in front of your mouth. So you kind of want to hold it kind of away from your ear, but like you hold a normal house phone. Like this? Beautiful. That's way better sound quality. That's beautiful. So, uh, greetings, Earthlings. Another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Dave Smith here with uh, good friend Tony Schultz. And we just kind of want to deconstruct the economy a little bit. You know, loose the conversation. That's, you know, we'll start there and who knows where we go. All right. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. So, so uh, I just got done doing a little, you know, 18 minutes, uh, you know, kind of rant on just a loose knit thing of like what we're told about the economy, these myths and these fear factors, right? Like we need to protect the economy, protect American interests. And they're not talking about your interest and my interest, Tony, right? They're talking about Exxon's right to go into Iraq and take their oil. That's the kind of interest they're talking about protecting, right? Well, I mean, obviously the corporate interests, Dave, you know, rule the day and they have for quite a long time. And, you know, basically if you're a Republican, it's, you know, it's in hyperspace with them. But the Democrats aren't exactly great at it. But what I would say, Dave, is there's certain of these um, uh, economic uh, indicators that are going very well right now, which is going to make Trump very difficult to beat come November the 3rd. But when we peel back the onion a little bit, I think we see a lot of angles where Democrats can really beat Donald Trump over the head with this. And the vast majority of the people, Dave, I think you know this as well as anybody, a $400 bill right now, an emergency $400 expense, they can't cover that. Right. We, the Democrats can't make any hay out of that. But that's that's what I don't understand, Tony, is what is, you know, and I, I think I'm coining a, a, a Dick Cheney phrase here. We're taking the gloves off. Right. Why can't the frickin' Democrats take the gloves off for once and and just and hit them with everything? I'm not saying to, like, you know, go Watergate on them. But, like, you know, <laughs> use the facts and, and, and just, just uh, annihilate them with their own facts. Like, well, I, Dave, here, here is a, a party, a bunch of senators now, and a lot of the Congress people, too. But the senators that wouldn't vote against him um, in, the, in the impeachment trial, the removal phase of the impeachment trial, Dave, um, they are not moved, Dave, by you know, witnesses, corroborating testimony and uh, evidence that doesn't move them. And then they're complaining about, well, the, the Democrats haven't proved their case. Well, there's a whole bunch of more witnesses and apparently documentation out there that's available that saying Trump is guilty um, in this whole Ukraine scandal. And yet, no, they just block. They just block it. We don't have to hear it. And isn't that a little ridiculous, Dave? You're having a wow. trial with no witnesses and no documents like we don't need that now in the trial well now we're getting sidetracked onto the trump thing but if you want to even if you want to go there i i think the reason they don't want to touch ukraine is because biden's guilty as hell if you go to ukraine 
you, the Ukrainian officials have been saying time and time again, there's nothing illegal about what he's doing. If you want to, you know, make it about nepotism, Dave, I'm all for it. That's what I'm talking about. There's no illegality there, but it's nepotism and it's the emoluments clause and get them, Dave. I mean, for for us anti-Trump people, you know, and we're not we're we're anti-Trump for a reason. It's not just I want to clarify because because, you know, people might hear this and think, oh, well, they're just Trump haters. No, I'm not anti-Trump. I'm not. I'm not anti anybody. I look at the policies. I look at policies and i think you do too and i don't dig his policies um and like you were saying you know about the economy well george bush got elected to a second term right right because it hadn't fallen apart the wheels hadn't come off yet because the wheels hadn't come off yet the economy was doing okay so everybody's like well you know status quo i guess at least we know you know what we're gonna get um so, but yeah, but, but just what, what kills me is, you know, how much control does the president have over the economy? A, not that much. Well, um, policy, it, policies do matter though, Dave. And well, I, policies and appointments, right. <clears throat> and it matters, and it matters for those insiders so much more, right? Like when you appoint like uh, the, the head of Goldman Sachs <laughs> to set policy, well, Guess whose policy? Guess who's going to benefit from those policies, right? Yeah, that's uh, pretty safe to say. So once again, that's American interests. But you know, you and I are kind of getting bent over with no lube on that one. And <laughs> the banksters are smiling all the way to the bank, laughing, going, "Holy shit! I can't believe they're not taken to the streets." I mean, they must just be laughing, going like, really? Pitchfork sales aren't going up yet? And and look, Dave, you can blame the first guy I would blame now that we're talking about this. And given that it's, you know, heading into, uh, what, the 2020 election, I'd blame Barack Obama on this one because he really had a chance to take those banksters to the woodshed, Dave. And And if you prove to our listeners that we are not biased, we are not beholden to a party as a matter or of fact or a politician or a politician or a person i'm 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 all about the issues issue by issue i weigh them up whoever is playing my game i'm i'm with that person that you know so and and history is showing that barack was an absolutely fucking horrible president see i would disagree with that assessment but on this particular matter, when he had a chance and those banksters were scared and he had a chance to take him, take him to task. And he really didn't, you know, he could he have been the FDR slap on the wrist and, you know, things were improving quite a bit and moving forward after that disastrous end to the um, George W. Yeah. Bush presidency. And what were the main things about the George W. Bush presidency, Dave, big tax cuts for the rich deregulation especially in the economic um in the economic community what i think i'm trying i'm not wording this this properly um the financial sector deregulation financial, of the financial sector, sector you know energy sector and a big expense for the military i mean you know you have the numbers usually better than i do on this dave we were spending more than the next eight countries combined nine countries combined and we just 
find a way to spend more. And what happened at the end of the Bush presidency with that going on, it runs into a crash. And where did he leave that uh, the deficit? It was really ugly. Yeah, let me let me interject something there. <clears throat> yeah. So about about when he took office, he had a surplus. He did. Right now, Clinton Bill Clinton actually left him a surplus. Bill Clinton was a bastard for all his own reasons. Thank you very much for NAFTA, Bill. That's why Detroit and most of Ohio are freaking ghost towns. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Yep. Uh, love you. As well, absolutely. You know, so that's that's sits in his fucking lap. Um, so thanks for that, Bill. But George Bush inherited a surplus for the first time in. You probably know better than I do. Decades. Um, I, I couldn't tell you exactly when, but decades, it, right? why, why is this myth out there, uh, Dave, that there are so many uh, people that are under this illusion that it's Republicans that are responsible when it comes to, you know, expenses, you know, the small the government, they spend less, right? It's all a myth. Look, look at what happens every time. And, uh, you know, our guy Tom Hartman has spoken about this on several occasions. The idea for the Republicans, Dave, they get a, a, their guy into the White House and the idea is spend, 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 spend. And then if the Democrat gets elected, you start screaming about debt and deficits. And we're going to yeah. hear this. We heard this with Sean Hannity over there on Fox News. How much about, oh, my God, Barack Obama, look what's going on with this debt. And it's like, well, wait a second. It was the guy that you wanted so bad that inherited, as you said, Dave, this deficit was zero or negative. We could, the debt surplus. could have started to come down. A surplus. Thank you. Surplus. That's $77 million surplus. Bill Clinton left him. And I'm no Clinton fan. What what happened? What did George W. Bush said? Well, let's give the people their money back. Do yeah, you know I mean, more that, tax cuts for the rich? That's what it meant. His, let me interject real quick because this is important. Yeah. His first act, George Bush's first act, was to give everybody a check for three hundred bucks. Do you remember that? I I do have a memory of that. Yeah. So what the fuck does three hundred bucks mean <laughs> in your life? Nothing. But well, you know, it doesn't it, mean it, anything, Dave. If they're going to cut social services and run up a debt that we have to pay interest on, but do you. It did instantly overnight. It eliminated our surplus. So now we had to borrow money from the banks at interest. So he was bending over for the banks right there. Well, the numbers just don't lie, Dave. He inherited a surplus. He left it at a trillion dollars. And a big reason because he attacked the wrong country after 9-11. And, you right, know, the cool. Democrats deserve blame for that, too, Dave. They voted. A lot of them voted like the for surplus that. his first day in office. First day. <laughs> first day, dude, with <laughs> one signature. Boom. Yeah. And then proceeded to rape us and, and like lied us into, you know, two wars. Dude, they're both going on 20 years now. Right. Like 2003, 2004. Right. Yeah. Remember Gulf read... sickness? Gulf War what? syndrome? I don't. Remember that? The first one? People, soldiers were coming back and they didn't know what the fuck was wrong with them? I, I don't. Go, I, 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 that sounds vaguely familiar, but you'd have to fill me in on what exactly it 
the symptoms were or the dude Gulf War syndrome. So it was all the symptoms of like chemical and radiation poisoning. So you're losing hair, you're getting cancer. Jeez. You fucking yeah, not good, right? You know what it was? There's an awesome documentary everybody needs to watch. It's called um, Beyond Treason. And it talks about <clears throat> how I think it was Clinton that was in charge when he did this. So do you know how we knew that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction at one time? No. We sold them to him. Oh. <laughs> we had the receipts. So oh, that's we right. absolutely so ab- enemy. That's right. So we absolutely knew that he had them at one time. We didn't know if he still had them. But it was so that's how they were able to make that argument, right? Is that at one time everybody knew he had them, mm-hmm. but then shh, we sold them to him. <laughs> so did other countries, but we did too. And and to use them against Iran, and at the same time, the CIA was was funneling weapons to Iran to fight Iraq <laughs> in the Iran Iran uh, Contra scandal. Yikes. So, yeah, so we're funding both sides of that fucking war, but we gave Iraq chemical fucking weapons. In this documentary, dude, they show a, a soldier's head cam. He goes into a little bunker, and there's floor-to-ceiling chemical and biological weapons made by the United States, the United Kingdom, Russia, and there was one other, Israel. Well, who says we don't manufacture anything anymore? apparently they're busy over at maryland where they make anthrax yeah we might not uh, export a lot of goods goods anymore but you know what (laughs) hey so so the gulf war syndrome dude was we found these 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 things that were evidence right like has our fucking name right on it and it's in iraq not looking good for us right so we blew them up but we didn't bother to tell our troops to get it the fuck out of the way first. Jeez. And they were downwind. Were there a lot of lawsuits? Are there a they all money being paid to these, these guys that are coming back all screwed up, or they just deny it? They denied it, and then the guys all died. Did, they, did it, anybody get to court with this and the, prove uh, this? And how, how far did it go? It's a great documentary. You got to watch it. The, the guy who was hired to go investigate it down there ended up catching the sickness himself. And he was one of the, he was one of the main people interviewed in the documentary. So what it was is anti-tank ammunition has fucking plutonium in it. And that's what allows it to pierce through the fucking tank. So everything around that is toxic, but they didn't tell the soldiers that because they wanted to study the effects on the soldiers. And you know what? They even allowed soldiers to take trophies from the first Gulf War. So you could, if you killed a tank, you could go in and take all four of their helmets or whatever, all the dead guys inside. But all those things Mm. were full of fucking radiation. Yeah, probably something that you know, they should have alerted them too. But it, but once again, new weapon. We wanted to see how it how it fucks with people, right? What better than to, mm. to try your own guinea pigs? You know, because it was uh, Henry Kissinger that said, 
soldiers are just pawns to be used in the chess game of war, of foreign policy, excuse me. Right? Yeah. So I'm not condoning it. I'm far from it. Of course not. I'm fully opposed to it. I'm just saying how these fucking bastards that get us into these wars are so removed from the human element of it. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it, we just do this stuff over and over again, Dave, and it seems like everybody's sick of war, yet we get so much of it. And if, if another thing happens, you know, another terrorist attack or whatever, I, I hate to say it, but I just feel like, you know, the American public will just get all fired up and ready to go attack someone else again. Right. We, just, we just don't learn from these kind of things. I can remember... Uh, way back when, before Bush had committed troops to the Middle East, you and I were talking about this, and I, I was saying to you, I, you were living on the houseboat in Saucy way back then, and I'm like, God, I don't believe he's, I, I don't believe he's really going to do it. He's really going to do this, you know. And so many other people were, there was a fever going on at the time, Dave. We got to get him. War. The war drums were beating and it was, it's frightening. you know, I mean, I guess it's easy to, to make that statement now, but I don't know if you remember, Dave, I was saying it and I think you were saying it and there were some others that were saying it. It was like, we probably should rethink this. Just hold on a second. Let's rethink this. Okay. 9-11 was this traumatic event for our country. Um, but the reaction turned out to be completely wrong. And here they are just fucking storming the gates with the response, like already pre-printed before the event happened, just ready to fucking, oh, oh, oh no, we already know what to do. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, it's just it's just a shame. But, you know, again, it's... And why are we in that? You know, this is... I mean, the funny thing about that, Dave, is Trump says that. Laura Ingraham says that Tucker Carlson says that, you know, it's like these prominent people on the right are saying it and we're still there. Yeah. Well, let me tell you why we're there. Oh my God. So I, uh, well, let's break it down for everybody. So, oh my God, <clears throat> I did an investigative paper on this and I got an A plus and it's all about oil pipelines it's all about mm. oil pipelines. Unbelievable. So the TIPI pipeline, Turkmenistan, which is on the border of the Soviet Union, between the Soviet Union and Afghanistan, is the fourth largest natural gas reserve in the world. Right? So the Soviet Union wants it, and we want it. And, well, Soviet Union's on one side, Afghanistan's on the other side. So guess what? We're in Afghanistan. Um, now enter the pipeline. The, the head of Unical Oil, Ahmed Karzai, came up with the idea for the pipeline. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Isn't he head of one of those countries? We appointed him <laughs> the head of Afghanistan. Funny, funny you should mention that. Yeah. Coincidence. So, Just a coincidence. Isn't that a coincidence? Right. So then, and then every village that you've ever heard about the Kandahar province, the this, the that, the this. Those are all villages along the route of the pipeline where the quote-unquote rebel or insurgent force 
is basically telling our oil company, get the fuck out of our country. Hmm. But we're putting our pipeline through there. So our soldiers have to protect it. Um, so that, that's the root of it, right? Then enter the CIA and opium and dark money. Well, the leading producer of heroin used to be Laos, Cambodia, the, Thailand. The Golden Triangle. Thank you. Exactly. And it's now public record that we were operate. We, the fucking CIA, was operating in Laos and Cambodia during, you know, so we created Pol Pot and all this shit, but we were getting tons of fucking opium out of there. And they were filling their coffers so they could fund other dark operations without having to ask Congress for money, right? So now they're doing that in Afghanistan. Now Afghanistan is the leading producer of heroin in the world. Only since our military has been there. That's the, that's the, the clincher. Since our military arrived in Afghanistan, it became the leading producer. And, and how ridiculous is this where we're spending all this money, all of our tax, so much of our tax money in this, and yet as Americans, we still have to pay all those high prices for Oxycontin. This is bullshit. How can we not get free heroin? How can we not get free so expensive and, and free oil, Tony? <laughs> like, that, well, that, it, oh, my God. You, I, I hit on that in my last little podcast, but... I was like, we're such sheep. They don't even have to bribe us that lo- that way, Tony. <laughs> we pay so much for fucking gas. You, you, you'd think we'd be getting it for a buck a gallon, but no. You would think. Streets. But I got to tell you, Dave, that there's, you know, I'm kind of glad it's not a buck a gallon, really. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of another story. But I, under- I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's I'm like, we spend all this tax money, there, and what do we really get out of it? Yeah. But I would rather the whole thing you know, be different. And this is why policy matters, Dave, because we have a president in the white house right now that just openly says, goes right along with this party, even though the rest of the world doesn't go along with this, they believe in the science. We've got a president that says it's a Chinese hoax that I will tell you. That well, I will tell why. You. He's getting greased up by look at who he's surrounded by. This is the, this is the cabinet with the most billionaires ever in history. Yeah, and to think that they have our best interests in mind is You've ridiculous. In mind, if you think that, it's it's. Do you, do you really think the king worried about the peasants? Do you really? Not until they were at his door. Yeah. Not until they were storming the gates. Yeah. Not until he heard them knocking. Exactly. <laughs> Not until he could see the reflection, the shadow of a pitchfork in front of a fucking torch. Exactly. And now again with policy. You know, here's where some of the some of the media, I believe, really does let us down. And I'm not one of these guys to think there's nothing to be believed and they're all just lying to us. But here's where a major criticism of mine comes in is we are not talking enough about policy and who's setting it and what these policies do. And let's go back a few years and get some context with with some of these and go, this hasn't worked well. And the policies that, uh, you know, um, the previous administration under Obama, well, they put a lot more environmental policies out there. 
and Trump overturns every one of them. So you can just forget about is man-made climate change real and is, is you know, forget about that just for a second and just go, how about just clean air and clean water and not spending so much on oil for well, fuel? Well, let, Moving forward with green energy, why is that a bad thing? Well, let's agree with this. Does it matter if climate change is man-made or natural at this point? No. I why contribute to it? Islands right? are just going to disappear. We're having firestorms. It's the whole reality of life has changed. We need to combat this no matter what the fuck's causing it. We need to combat it any way we can, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. So so I, I want to get that argument out of the way. It doesn't matter if it's man-made anymore at this point, right? That that argument is moot because it's like the 11th hour. <laughs> well, man-made, David, that we're, we're contributing to it and making it far worse because we keep burning too many fossil fuels. And, right, right, right. You know, production and all this kind of stuff that just contributes to it that, well, is it really so bad that we move to the future and make this better and like i said okay take away the climate change part of it and just say how about clean air and clean water why is that bad no more reliance on on fossil fuels you know how many how many of these wars do we fight over we're building like you said dave we're we're in there and a lot of this policy is based on putting pipelines in the middle east how about building water pipelines here in america so the place doesn't burn up and places that are arid and dry Maybe we can get more water to it. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying that for years. Pipe water, not oil. My sister and I were talking about this several years ago. Well, I think a few years ago when we still had that that, that first really bad fire season in California. Now we've had like, what, three in a row? You You mean the first time I was evacuated? Yeah, there you go. And what happened in Australia recently, Dave? Oh, uh, they showed a map of Australia, and they had the little fire symbols where these major fires were going. A third the whole the, continent was on fire. A third of the country's burned. It was just ridiculous. And people are going to sit there and tell you that no, man-made climate change has nothing to do with it. Well, that's not what the leading scientists are telling us. Right, but I don't want to focus on. I don't want to focus on that because then we get into an argument with some people. Right. What I want to focus on is. It doesn't matter what's causing it. It's fucking running out of control. It's like, like a, it's like a fire that's about to get too big to put out. So mm-hmm. whatever the cause is, we need to fucking put it out. Right? And I agree right. with you. I think, that, I mean, if you look at a fucking smokestack, <laughs> have you ever stood behind a car? <laughs> or have I? An idling car. I've stumbled behind a lot of buses. It can't be good, right? No. And then you multiply that times billions of fucking people. We're like little ants, little cockroaches, right? It can't be good. So whatever. If you think the science is still out, go ahead and think that. 